Good morning. You know, before we get started, I just want to remind you, you're going to hear it uh, probably all this week, but uh, next Sunday is Daylight Savings. So just uh, remember, you're going to lose an hour next Sunday, uh, Saturday night for sleep, so I don't want you an hour late here. Then you'll just be here for lunch. Hmm. <laughs> Got an excuse there. Okay. You know, we have uh, in your bulletins, you have a connection card. It's a purple and white card. And so um, feel free to, to give us some information, name, especially if this is your first time. We'd love to, to get to know you a little bit. On the back, there's opportunity if you ask questions or check a box that's appropriate for you. So um, that's something you can be doing. And as you're doing that, I'll just remind you some things coming up. Today, there's a uh, Three main things, naturally after service, we always have our food and fellowship. Everyone is welcome to stay and, and grab some lunch with us today. Uh, we have a Young Married's Fellowship at 2 p.m. and that's at uh, Pastor Corey and Chelsea's house in Glendora. We have the single adult dinner today at the church at 5 p.m. and um, single adults, you're all welcome to come. A high school dinner, uh, that is tonight also at 6 p.m. at the church. So we've got a lot of good things coming up today. Um, just another reminder, we have uh, other things coming up, especially the memorial service for Frank Koshimizu. It'll be Saturday, March 19th. Please keep that in mind. Um, okay. If you have your Bible, I invite you to open up to Mark chapter 10. We're going to continue in the book of Mark and uh, in chapter 10 today. Matter of fact, we're going to be in chapter 10 next week also. So if you'd like to read in advance uh, the latter part of chapter 10, uh, we will cover next week. But today I'd like to start off by reading Mark chapter 10, uh, verses uh, 17 to 22. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lacked, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Let's pray. Father, as we look at this text in this short period of time today, Father, we pray that you will just reveal your truth to us. Not only uh, reveal that truth, but help us individually to grab it. Because all our lives, we are, each one of us is, is, is a little bit different. We're facing different things in our daily living. So help us, Father, to, to see that, that message for us, for each one of us today. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Academy Awards, you guys see the Academy Awards? See, the Academy Awards this year was kind of a, a different one because if you're familiar, if you followed all the news and all the stuff that was going on, 
the focus all night of the Academy Awards, and there was some question whether it even go on, was that the Academy lacked diversity. So in other words, there are different accusations about the Academy, that the Academy is racist, that the Academy is prejudiced, the Academy is biased, closed-minded, tunnel-visioned, exclusive. They are very uh, partial in the way they look uh, at the responsibilities. In other words, the members of the Academy are human. It's not an excuse, but a fact. See, our fallen human nature is like that. Each one of us, we're fallen, right? We are fallen. When we compare ourselves to God and how God created us and wanted us to be, we are fallen. And we are very conditional in how we see our world, very conditional in the love that we give out. When we think of how we as human beings are, probably the closest that we can come in, in comparing a human being with God's love, our human love and God's love, would probably be the good parent good parent who loves that child no matter what. That good parent sees all the flaws, understands all the, all the darkness of that child, but still loves that child. That is the good parent. And that, in, in, in a kind of a surface way, just touching upon a little bit, is how God looks at us. He loves us no matter what. God is our perfect heavenly Father. The Bible tells us that God is love, and he loves us. He sees that dark side of you. Think about it just for a moment. Where's that dark side of you? You know where it is. Oh, all of a sudden your mind goes in there. God still loves you. That's what's neat. He knows it and he still loves you. This morning we return to the Gospel of Mark and we're going to look at two examples of how God dealt with those who came to him. And we're going to learn a little bit how, how God loves us as his children. We're going to look at the story of the rich young ruler, and we're going to go back to the text we just read in Mark chapter 10. And let me just read again the verses 17 and 18. It says, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. Here we have this young guy, and um, young guy with money. Uh, the, the title of it is always this rich young man or rich young ruler. And uh, it really doesn't show us that he's young in the text, but I guess because of the original language and the, use of pick, the, the words in the original language of, of Aramaic here, probably to describe this man, he was a young person, how they conversed back and forth. He had money, he comes up to Jesus, and he's pretty enthusiastic. And he's enthusiastic probably because he's kind of confident that, that, that Jesus, this spiritual holy man, is going to see that this guy's a pretty good guy. And he's going up there and saying, you know, how can I be saved? How can I be saved? How can I have that eternal life? And, and uh, he he's, he's calls Jesus the good teacher. Now, how does Jesus reply when he says, Good teacher. Jesus says only God is good. Now, is Jesus saying that he's not God? No, he's not saying that. Was a young man willing to confess Jesus as the Lord God? No, at this time he wasn't. But the conversation goes forward. Goes forward. Look at verse 19. 
You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. You know, so Jesus replies to this man who was a Jew. Remember that all, almost all your early believers were Jews. He talks to this man who was a Jew, and he's repeating the law to him, the law of, of, of the Jews. And he's saying, do, do, do you murder? And this guy's thinking, nope. Do you, do, do, do you commit adultery? Hey, I'm single, Jesus. You know, do you lie? Nope. Do you do this? Do you honor your father and mother? I sure do. So he feels pretty good about himself. And so he's thinking, he's thinking hey, I, I, I'm a good guy. But look at verse 20. Teacher, all these I have kept since I was a boy. So in other words, he's kind of, he's, in some way, he's kind of, I wouldn't say bragging, but he's coming very straightforward and he feels good about where he is in his own mind spiritually. I've done all these things. I'm a good Jew. And, and I look at you, Jesus, you're a good guy too. We're both good guys. You know, we do good things. See, the stumbling block here is that Jesus being God, knows this man's heart. And he knows what we guard. He knows what we love. He knows what we don't love. And so he confronts this guy's thoughts, and he, 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 he hits him right at his hot button. He, he's he's going to say something that's going to really shake his world. Because this guy thought as a Jew, as all Jews were taught, that he deserved salvation by what he had done. And he was sincerely wrong. See, it's not what we do, but it's what we believe. The neat thing is, it says, what was Jesus, what was Jesus thinking at this time? It says right in the scripture, it says, 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. You know, that's a great lesson for us because even when we are wrong, Jesus loves us. Even when we step out and we just, it just falls, we fall out on our face and we're doing something, whatever it might be, but we're doing it with the right heart, hey, that's great. See, God's always looking at the heart. God's always looking at the motive. He looks at the motive of this guy's heart, and this guy's heart is good. And Jesus loved this guy, even though he's wrong. And he says to him in 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. See, Jesus looked at this man and he knew the problem he had was he loved money. Now, money's good, right? You all got it in your pocket, either plastic or paper, okay? Money's good, but to love money. Jesus knew because this guy loved money that how could he love God if he really loved money? How could he love his neighbor if he really loved money? How could he follow Jesus and... and, and, and be willing for his life to change when he really, really loved money. And so Jesus says to this man, hey, 
it's impossible for you to love me if you love money. You gotta, you gotta sell this. Get all rid of it all. Now, this is what's interesting. See, like I said, salvation doesn't come by what we do, but what we believe. This young, this young guy needed to see himself as what to be saved. Think about it, people. What did he have to see himself as to be saved? If Jesus says, I'm the Savior, what do you have to see yourself to say, I want you? You've got to need saving. See, he didn't see himself as needing saving. He just wanted confirmation of who he was. Jesus wanted him to see himself as a sinner, someone who falls short, someone who isn't crossing all his T's and dotting on his eyes spiritually and saying, look who I am. Jesus saying, you want to be saved? I'll save you. How, look at what happens here in verse 22. Verse 22, it says, At this, the man's face fell. You know how a fallen face looks. Oh, you're kidding me. It's kind of like when the Lakers play. Oh, you're just, just bummed out, you know. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Now, how different would this be if when Jesus said that, he just didn't turn and go away. He looked at Jesus and said, I can't do it. Wow, what a different story this would be. Oh, Lord, I can't do it. My heart, I love that stuff too much. How different would this story be if he came clean with Jesus? Then he'd be like us. He'd be a child of God like us. He'd be a work in, pro in progress like us. He'd be saved but not perfect like us. but he walked away. And you know, the Lord did it in love. And I helped to believe that, that Jesus was just kind of planting spiritual truth in him and that the day would come where it's going to be like a light bulb going on in his head and he is going to come back to the Lord with the right heart and believe the right things. See, God's family is full of us spiritually frail people. God's family is full of us morally challenged children in different stages of growth. And because of his nature, he loves us all, no matter what stage we're at. Isn't that neat? That is terrific. But some of you, you know, are you a competitive kid? Are you in a family where you always looked at your siblings and said, man, I'm going to do better than him. I'm going to do better than her. I'm, she got a B. I'm going to get an A. She got an A. I want to get an A+. See, some of you want to just kind of keep moving forward, and I want to be better than that person. Well, then, this is the, the sermon for you. Because now, I'm going to, we're going to go to a text connected to this one, and Jesus talks about, hey, you want to get forward in the kingdom of heaven? You want to get good on God's side? Then let me show you how to do it. Let's look at verses 13 to 16. 13 to 16, right before this, right before Jesus had this encounter with this, young, this rich young guy. Let's read verses 13 to 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked, well, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. 
For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. That's the key. You want to enter the kingdom of heaven. You want to move forward in the kingdom of heaven. You've got to study how, how a little child is. And so we're going to look at three points this morning really quickly. What does he mean by that? Number one, think of kids. I don't care if you think of yourself, you think of your own kids, you think of your grandkids, you think of the neighbor kid next door. Think of kids, okay? Number one, a child is trusting. Kids trust. John 14.1, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. You know, children are so trusting. Uh, it's, it's, you know, think about it. You ever grab a little kid and throw him up in the air? What are they doing? Are they screaming in terror? No, they are laughing. They're having such a great time. And the only thing stopping them from smashing their head on the concrete is you. Right? You throw them up. They don't even know if you're going to now light up a cigarette or something. They're going to try, They're going to laugh, and you're going to. And they're saying, "Yeah, you'll catch me." See that—that's how God wants us to be. He wants us to have that trust in Him, that we trust Him. That there's times when we're going to be up in the air, and we're saying, "Oh man, what is going on here?" and you're still going to trust him. You're falling, and you're, and you're still going to trust him. See, that's, that's, that's the nature of a child. My, uh, I have a, my, youngest, my youngest kid, I remember one time, we were walking back from swimming in a swimming pool, and she had a, a big old beach towel. She was just a little kid like this. And I said, hey, let me wrap you up like a mummy. And so I wrapped the towel around her like that just to show her face, okay? It looked really funny, and everyone laughed. And she went... Boom. Hit her chin right on the sidewalk. Blood. Now, we spent the rest of the day in the ER. Really a bummer, okay? Dumb dad, right? She trusted me, wrapped her up tight. She trusted me. Boom. Dumb dad. Okay. It's so good. God is perfect. He's not a dumb dad. He's a good dad. And he's saying, hey, trust me. Because God's different than us. He is a heavenly father with a perfect love. He is a heavenly father with a perfect instruction for life. He is a heavenly father that has a perfect plan for us. Trust me. Second thing, a child is submissive. Luke 6.46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Hmm. That's a pretty good one, right? See, growing up... Uh, Growing up, my mom was a beautician. Uh, she used to, you know, fix hair and stuff like that. And, and, and when we started off moving from Chicago to Pasadena, my mom made a beauty salon in my bedroom, which meant that every morning I had to make my bed, which meant when these ladies came for their heart, her haircut and perm, and by the way, my, my bedroom always smelled like peroxide, they, these, these mothers would bring their little kids, and my mom would tell me, you got to babysit that child. 
And you know how long some of you ladies are in beauty salons. I had to babysit these kids, and some of these kids were really bratty, spoiled, crummy kids who just broke my toys and just caused real havoc. And you know, never did one of these mothers thank me. I never received any compensation. I don't even know if that salon was legal. <laughs> and, but my mom said, you got to do it. So I did it. I submitted to her instruction. You know, that's not the kind of submission God wants. And sometimes that's how it is for us Christians. Sometimes we submit because, ah, you know, the Bible says this, oh, pastor said this in the sermon, ah, you know. You know, that's not how it's supposed to be. When the Bible talks about submission, it's what we call a, a submission of the heart. And the Bible refers to it as lordship. That you choose to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. That's different. Lordship. A child is submissive. A child is not going to be saying, I'm going to, I'm going to take over this household. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you how to cook my meals. and I'm going to tell you when to go to bed. No, no. Submission to the Lord. The last thing, a child has an uncluttered life. Well, that's interesting. Don't you think about it? Don't you sometimes wish as an adult, man, I wish I could go back to those days where I didn't have to do anything, but I'd just watch TV or, you know, just play with my Legos or something like that? Matthew 14, 23 talks about Jesus, and it says, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was still there alone. Yeah, isn't that an incredible picture? The Lord with all the multitudes of people that wanted to see him, wanted to touch him, wanted him to do some miracle for him, he just kind of cuts out on them. He just separates himself from the crowd, and he goes off. Why? Because he knew that his real strength was in the Father. And he went, and he had great fellowship with God the Father. You know, I don't know if you guys are runners. You know, we had about four, four people from the church running the LA Marathon. I thought it was really neat. Um, but anyway, when you run long distance and you grow really weary, I wish we could, sit, could have seen Pastor Corey at about 20 miles. <laughs> But when you run long distance, you get really weary. One of the amazing things is that when you slow down to a walk, and let's say you walk for maybe just a short time, like 30 seconds, that 30 seconds rejuvenates you to start running again for a mile, two miles, three miles, and you can keep on going. And see, that's, a, that's the same concept with prayer. God knows that, that when we start our day with prayer, even just five minutes, it will change your whole day. It will affect your whole day. Just five minutes. That's how prayer is. 
why don't we do it? A lot of reasons, but one of them is that we just got too much stuff going. And sometimes we just got to unclutter our lives a bit and put the priorities where priorities should be. Right? It's interesting, I just saw, I didn't, I didn't plan this, but I looked at the woman's flyer inside here, and it says, leaving the clutter behind. I, I didn't think that meant a, a sink full of dirty dishes in the kitchen. But I think it means kind of cleaning up your life and, and uncluttering your life and being able to hear the Lord and go forward in, in your spiritual life. So when we think of a child, a child lives an uncluttered life. And that's one of the blessings of being a child. And spiritually, when you cross that line to the spirit, that's one of the things we got to keep a mind on because it's so easy to clutter our lives up. And I'm not saying that clutter is unimportant, but I am saying you've got to choose to make time for the Lord. And there's only 24 hours in a day. You're going to have to do something about it. And I'll guarantee it'll make a difference. Five minutes. Five minutes of prayer. It says here, because, you know, because of Jesus, you know, we are his children. And I love this verse where it says here at the end in Mark 10, 16, and he took the children in his arms and he put his hands on them and he blessed them. See, that's part of, the, the, that's part of what this is all about, is God wants to bless us. God wants to bless you. And one of the ways, hey, be mindful of being a child. Okay? Let's move on down to our, prepare our hearts for communion.